Welcome back to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name's Brooke, and I have a couple of people here with me today. Lauren, as usual. As usual. <laughs> There's Eeyore. And the uh, artist formerly known as Tanner Hodges. Hey, what's up, everybody? Yeah, so if you didn't miss, if you, if you missed out on this weekend... Uh, Tanner graced us with a message this week. We gave Lauren a week off-ish. And Wait he, a second. He didn't work nearly as hard this weekend. And <laughs> um, but Tanner, if you if you missed it, Tanner was I mean like if you've seen like the the you know the pastors that bang on the that bang on the the, the podium and they you know yell and hellfire and brimstone yeah. and so now if you listen to his voice, he got so into it yesterday, He's screaming so at everybody. Into it. That he can't even talk right now. Yeah, you know, it's four o'clock came yesterday, and Shelby goes, "Praise God, your voice is gone." <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So literally in the afternoon. Literally, yeah. It just went away. Yeah, it just started like. That's so crazy to me because you like I I in my naivety I would think that as someone who sings multiple 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 times like on Sunday mornings you guys are rehearsing yeah then you're doing first service then you're doing second service yeah yeah, yeah. well to be why, fair why is that different than you teaching. No, to be fair, uh, my whole house has been oh, sickness you. and all kinds of stuff. So this is like creeping up. To be fair, he has COVID. So yeah, you know, <laughs> whatever. <clears throat> um, seasonal allergies. Just started. Seasonal allergies. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, no. Um, and then I, I made it through yesterday, and I guess my body was like, "Okay, now we can give up." <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. This is what this is what you got today. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Um, yeah. The people will appreciate it. The people. Yeah. The people. The people. So if you were the you're the artist formerly known as Tanner Hodges, what are you what are you known? <laughs> Tamara. Tamara. Mm. Tamara. Yep. Wait. I don't I think that's a whole nother conversation. It is. So um <laughs> so so my wife had to report for jury duty this morning. What? Yeah. There's a theme the last two, uh, three I know, weeks yeah, here at the and podcast. So it was just, uh, I'm sure we covered that last time, but it was just Did really funny. Did she get funny. selected for the actual jury? We don't know yet. It was, today was the first. Oh, it was, it was the, the whole day one. and she still wow. doesn't know. And so she's going to sit there and. So she's back there tomorrow, t- well, today? What is happening? Because it feels like know, that yeah. oh, is like central to Colonial right now. Wait, 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 yeah, wait yeah. you said yesterday. No, this morning. Oh, this morning. Sorry, I misunderstood you. I Maybe I said yesterday. I said I meant this morning. I'm pretty sure you said this morning, but it's fine. I thought so too, but that's fine. We can play that tape back. <laughs> Roll it back. What's, what's a tape? <laughs> what is a tape? Yeah. Well, you hit the tune in for so it. Your, so. so your wife is there to, today. Yes, yeah, so it started this morning. So and she had to, she'll find out hopefully by the end of the day Yeah, uh, if she's selected for a trial. We'll see. Do we'll people see. actually like really want to be part of that? I yes. Like are there people that do that? Yeah, I mean, I would totally. Well, do you it. can't volunteer for it. No, I know, but I mean, like, are there some <laughs> I, that like? I choose oh, that yes, case. please. Yeah, I, no, I'm so I, happy. I I can only speak to when when we got selected uh, a couple weeks ago. The twelve of us, me and you know, ten strangers. I knew one other person on the trial jury. Um, you could see on all of our faces this. Oh man! <laughs> and then after after they announced the twelve, the other thirty six that were left in the crowd that are clearly not going to have to do this. The judge goes, the rest of you, thank you for your, your, for being here and for being willing. You are now dismissed. And they started cheering, <laughs> <laughs> which is a terrible feeling for the 12 of us just sitting there watching <laughs> just, them file you out. You sink know? farther down into your chair. Like, Oh, but I know I shared last week that I had mixed feelings. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm just fascinated by the whole legal process and it's yeah. not, 
you know, it's not law and order on TV. It's like real, you yeah. know. And so I, but it's I did not. It's something we don't we don't experience. Right. It's out of our norm, and yeah. and so. I don't think anybody in the jury wanted to be there from a missing work, missing yeah, yeah, other yeah. things. But I, I'm wonder. I don't think I'm the only one there that's like, oh, this is going to be kind of interesting. You know? From a place, you know, from a, from working in a place that's that's very flexible. Yes, um, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> I think it'd be, I think it'd be <laughs> awesome. I mean, I'd still have stuff to get done and all right. that. But you know, I know that my job would be like, okay, well, you got selected. Yeah. Go, go do your thing. We'll be fine without you. I might yeah. get some text messages from a few. Random people, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. I don't know. I'll bet there's a, they a, haven't, a they haven't me. percentage of the of the population that would would be yeah. thrilled. But my wife is there, so she's she she's does not want to be there. Loving that, she does I'm not want to be there. No, <laughs> but she's also the same thing. She's like, she's I'm 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 really interested because I've never done this before, but also don't want to be here. So. <laughs> So yesterday was like 104 degrees. Like the heat has it was hot. arrived. The heat, the heat is here, yeah. And it has arrived in full force. And I thought it would be smart to go golf yesterday. And um, of course it was, yeah. Yeah. And I decided I was going to walk because I was going to save some money. And um, I think it was about a whole six. Bad decision. Uh, I was I was thinking, you know, I had the Anchorman meme running through my head for the rest of the day. Milk like, was a bad choice. I, I immediately <laughs> regret this decision. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh. I didn't think I was going to make it through nine. Like I was yeah. pretty sure like the last two holes, like eight and nine, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to make this. I'm not going to do it. This yeah. is not going to be like, there, somebody's going to come up behind me well, and they're going to be point, like, what's that? What's that on the green? And it'd be like, oh no, that's my body. Yeah. Like I'm just, at some point, passed out. at some point you can't drink enough water to keep up with it. Like it just, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I couldn't. And, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I went into the, I went into the clubhouse after nine and the guy was like, how you doing? And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm like bright red and yeah. I'm sweating. And he was like, he was like, you, you doing okay? And I yeah. was like, dude, I don't, I don't know that I can finish. And he was like, go take the cart. Go take the cart and finish the round. And so I sat for like 10 minutes and drank at least one more bottle of water mm. before I went out there. And, and uh, finished around. So it was, it, was, it was good. But gosh, the heat has arrived. Yeah, it's and, here. And all of that happens. And I'm getting texts from uh, from Daryl, who's my golf buddy. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He and I like end up in the same golf cart or, or yeah. go together all the time. And I'm getting text messages from him. One, because he's he's bummed that he didn't get to go mm-hmm. golf but the other way is that he's sitting at phasmos with uh with lauren your with, with your with your group there <laughs> suffering for jesus suffering at for jesus at phasmos and he's like dude what do i get and i'm like <laughs> now i'm like dang it man i'm, I'm oh. trying to finish a round of golf and, yeah. you're, and i'm, and I'm like i'm trying to not die and not yeah. <laughs> you know uh, out in this like Son that's destroying me, and uh-huh. you're uh, you're telling me about Phasmos <laughs> and trying to figure out what you're going to order. We and definitely had two different experiences. You're out there dying in the heat, <laughs> and we were uh, just enjoying the heck out of dinner. Yeah. yeah, I think both of you have been to Phasmos. Oh right? yeah, love it's, Phasmos. It, is it may be one of the one best of kept. Unfortunately, no, it is my favorite. best kept secrets in Wichita Falls. If any of you listening haven't checked out Phasmos Caribbean cuisine, I think that's what they call it. F A Z M O Z. It's over here by Colonial. It's over by the church. Yeah, you right. can walk from Colonial. Yeah, actually. like some some of you might be familiar with it being like a, the old place of Fuzzy yeah, Tacos. Yeah, it used to yes, be Fuzzy yes, Tacos. Yes. I actually they closed down just four building. years ago because I remember uh, being taken there when I yeah. first moved here to Fuzzy's Tacos. Yeah, and now it's the same place, but it's 
fabulous. It's way better. Oh, oh my way gosh. better. Oh and my different, gosh. Different it, it probably is my favorite place. Calypso in town. chicken. Calypso Just chicken. Thank me is later. The way. Go to Phasmos, get the Calypso chicken. So good. Don't be dumb and get barbecue chicken. Like, it's great. Don't get me wrong. No. But don't be dumb. Like, get something Caribbean. Like, go get yeah. some good food. And I'm not an expert stuff. on Caribbean food. I wouldn't even know what to order. I think I got the Calypso chicken because you told me to, maybe. That's, yeah. But oh my goodness. So our, I have, our group I've from been, church went there. I've been to Scotchy's, which is the like the jerk place in in Jamaica. Yeah, which was great. Mm. And I still like Phasmos is. I love Phasmos. Yeah, yeah, can't go wrong. And I like them too. They're awesome. Really She's kind. Got a couple really of kind She's people. Got a couple kids, and her daughter's always up there as the yeah. quote unquote executive chef. And yeah, you know what? I, I in, like in all seriousness, can can we can we all just all of our listeners? Um, make a commitment to go to Phasmos in the next few weeks because maybe we can work out a deal and we can put like a you know fifteen percent off in our in our weekly bulletin that we pass weekly out. Weekly bulletin, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just I get nervous. I'm, I think I've lived here just long enough to to believe what some of y'all have been telling me that just so many restaurants just don't make it. You know, mm-hmm. there. I mean, I, that's true nationwide. Restaurant. Yeah. I think starting opening a restaurant is one of the riskiest things you can do business wise. But I've already, just in four years, I've already seen several places come and go, Inclu- including a couple places. I'm like, oh, man, mm-hmm. I-, I like that place, you know? So yeah. mm, we please may just do have not to let Phasmos make that list. Please. I was thrilled that they made it through the pandemic because yes. there's always the easy places, you know, the Chick-fil-A's or whatever that are, you're like, they're I'm, going I'm, nowhere. Not, I'm not questioning whether that, right. you know, Taco Bell is going to make uh-huh. it through the pandemic, but man. You know, a smaller business like yep. that, uh, a small restaurant or whatever, yep. like, you never know. Yeah, because there's some of them that didn't. They just didn't make it's it, true. you know. It's true. And, uh, yeah, quite uh, quite thrilled that they made it through. So, yeah. So, yeah, Phasmos is the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, to any of our listeners that happen to own restaurants, we also love you guys, too. But, but also <laughs> Phasmos. <laughs> yeah, now I'm hungry again. <laughs> okay, so uh, as the three of us and uh, and Kelly Morris, um, as as part of the, uh, the the at the movies team here, um, we are in a very different part of the year uh, than the last time we talked about at the movies, which was a while ago. And I'm just curious, from your guys' perspective, as we have gotten deeper and deeper into these movies and the writing them and chopping them up and getting the scripts ready, because we're going to shoot these videos here in uh, days. In, in days now, um, yeah. how are you guys feeling about At The Movies? It's coming up, and we literally are beyond the point of the point of no return. Yeah. Uh, there is no changing things, mm-hmm. but uh, how are you guys feeling about uh, our movies, what we're planning on talking about, that kind of stuff? Without giving away without giving much? away too that's much that's one of the hard things i know um i did ironically i think that's the right word i did watch one of the movies we've selected and worked hard on i watched it again with one of my girls who hadn't seen it recently and just loved the particular movie laughed hard got weepy and I'm literally going, why is this happening? I think I've seen this thing 11 times <laughs> That's right. this spring, you know? But they're so good. We, I really yeah. like our movie selections. Well, Tanner, you and I, we, we have experienced that as well from, like, this is a really good movie. And, and a lot of times we get to the end of this movie using it and chopping it up and going through it over and over. And we get to the movie and we're like, oh, my gosh, if I don't I care about this movie anymore. This movie, yeah. right. I don't care. 
That's and, and that's honestly, understandable. Honestly, uh, a couple years back we did the Greatest Showman. Yeah, and I I don't care. To I don't watch think it again. I can watch that. My again. kids my kids drove that soundtrack into the ground Likewise. right after we did that, Likewise. and so I was just like, I can't, I can't. Yeah, and we had a break. It was like a solid, like good year break from the Greatest Showman. They played it the other day, like a couple weeks back. They played the podcast or the uh, the the, the soundtrack. soundtrack, and I was like. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I forgot how good this was. Yeah, it didn't trigger any. It, no, I didn't have any like PTSD <laughs> or anything come up. But but we had that different experience where yeah. sometimes, but there's still those chunks of movie that's just like, oh, this one rips. Well, me there's up. like point. There's there's a couple of movies actually um, this year that we're doing that. Uh, I would I, I expect that I would have been tired of them already, but um, one in particular, I I just love. And there's a specific song in there that just gets me in my feels the whole time. And um, I love, I think the movie's really well done and I could watch it over and over and over again. Mm. Um, so that's, that's kind of, I guess that's kind of different this year than maybe years past. Like, um, yeah, there's, there's just not a whole chunk of movies here that I, I'm like, I'm, I'm already tired of. Like, yeah. Like a couple years back, um, but in fairness too, you're you haven't edited. Man, start the editing process. <laughs> that's also, you know. But we have brought on uh, some new help this year to right I'm to make the editing part happen and behind the scenes help that we haven't had before. Yeah, he um, he's really good. He's amazing and um, helping us out. And so um, I'm excited about being able to kind of build that team up a little bit and execute some things in a little different way this year. And I think our I think our church is going to be just thrilled with. What we have planned for at the movies this year and the different ways that they can engage. So mm. that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I'm excited too. Yeah. It feels like it feels like we just did at the movies, you know, last year. But then as soon as I think about it, no, it's been three years since we really did anything like what we're doing this summer. And what was it? Was it um twenty nineteen? Twenty nineteen we did a full on Build and movies mm -hmm. and 2020 we just didn't. 2019 movies. was uh, Shield headquarters, right? For Avengers. Yeah, we did the. Yeah, yeah that's right. right. Yeah, we did the whole build. Um, we threw had the Iron Man hallway. Yeah. Had the. It was pretty Spider cool. Man hallway. Had the, the, the Iron Man hallway. That was. Yeah. Iron Man hallway. That cave was, was top insane. shelf, man. Whew. Yeah, it was so good. And, and then, then even the, even the Shield headquarters with the axe throwing. Axe throwing. That was so much fun. Um, yeah, that was great. But that was the last time we had a full-on build and yeah. and a ton of people here because it was the next spring when the pandemic came and everything shut mm -hmm. down. In 2020, we just did some movies. We did some online stuff only, which was... Last year, we didn't even do it. No. So, so. it's been... Yeah, well, 2020, we were basically where we are now in the process of at the movies but then we ended up and then and then when everything when when everything's you know came screeching to a halt with covid like we had to you know it was like well we have all these movies like uh, and we did them we did online only yeah, let's get them and done. it just I, I for me anyway it just felt you know it just felt yeah we're not together we're not it's not interactive it's i don't know but to be fair you felt that way anyway not just about at the movies. No, I, yeah, we felt the same way about just we weren't coming together. Yeah, I, I yeah. know we. I, I do value that we have online access to our large weekly gatherings, but it's not the same thing. I mean, I'm just 
And I don't think that's, I'm, I know I'm 52. I don't know what's generational, what's different, what's different for different people, especially younger folks, but we were, we were not made for anything less than real connection, you know? And so, um, I can't relate to being satisfied, being, uh, poured into remotely. (laughs) I just can't, there's a time and a place for it. I, I listen to podcasts. I, I try to watch some some different teachers and and I love music and some things I don't have to be in the room with people but I need I need community I need shared experiences so yeah that, that's a fair statement Brooke I felt I felt wah, wah about a lot of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well but it's so at the movies is coming It'll yes be fun. I'm glad you brought that up yeah um, okay so we're gonna get into the message here um, that uh, that that Tanner delivered. Um, Sunday, and we're gonna get into that, and we're try to kind of make this maybe maybe a little bit shorter, just because Tanner's you know croaky over there. You <laughs> say that, which means we're going long, which yep. means it's gonna be at least an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> so okay, so start, uh, Lauren, from your perspective, um, why why do we do that? Why do we do what? Why did we why did we bring a guy who has not done this before? In at least this capacity, what is the heart behind getting him up there, giving him a platform to be able to do that? Um, why do you not want to be there all the time? Give us the heart behind all that. Tanner has been begging me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Just incessantly. Like, it's just been annoying. <laughs> please, please. Please let me teach. Please, please, please <laughs> let me teach. Oh, no, wait. That's me wanting to be in the band. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I'll play the triangle. Please. <laughs> No, and that's not true. In all seriousness, um, <laughs> you know, I, I will say this. I said to Tanner, it's probably been a year and a half ago, give or take. Maybe it's maybe it farther back than that. And I meant it when I said it. I said, I see a teaching gift in you. Um, it's just my opinion. But um, this is not the first time. Tanner taught yesterday to our whole church. It's not the first time Tanner's taught. Tanner's taught his worship team uh, Tanner's taught, you know, one-on-one Tanner's taught in a small group setting. Uh, we had a seminar last year, year and a half ago about, um, hearing uh, from God. Yeah. Hearing from God. And I, you put a lot of time and effort into that and did a great job. And, um, I, I'm even flashing back to when I was younger and just wrestling with what are my gifts? What, 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 what are my strengths that God's given me that I need to lean into? And what are some other things I need to be okay? Never have anything to do with and I wanted to encourage you and said man we we're doing it wrong if we don't give you some opportunities to teach um and there were some other circumstances that have nothing to do with me or Tanner or that conversation that that led to it taking so long but this is overdue um and then worlds collide a little bit you've been taking some classes further in your education uh including bible Bible knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, you did what I even said it, I think I said it second service yesterday, you took a class called contextual preaching, mm-hmm. preaching in context, and and just learned a little bit about how to deliver, how to prepare, and so um, it was fun back in, I guess it was January to go, well, let's, let's get this semester under your belt, and let's try to apply some of that, yeah. and put you down for May, and you're yeah. like, let's do it. So that alone drove us to this decision, to answer a, a maybe a larger question for you, Brooke, uh, that you asked, is I love to teach. If 
I don't think I'm a great teacher. I think I'm a good teacher. Um, and, and God has affirmed that that's one of my gifts, but I also believe that like most teachers, I have my own unique style and my own, uh, way of preparing, certainly deliver. And it, I don't think it's for everybody. <laughs> and so I think a good church where teaching is a key element of our growth I think a, uh, ideally a good church has a teaching team. And I, that's my own opinion. Uh, I know there's a lot of churches where pastor so-and-so teaches, you know, 49 times a year, except for when he's on vacation or, you know, a crisis. Um, if he in, gets one. In all seriousness, I think, I think there's a lot of pastors that preach 40-plus times a year, which in rare cases is amazing because they're, like, incredible teachers, you know. Uh, and, and maybe even a a large reason why a lot of people call that their church, but that's certainly not me. (laughs) And, you know, we don't have, you know, we're not inundated with people because, you know, Lauren Jones is teaching. Um, I think the ideal situation, if I can cut to the chase is that, that we have a teaching team here at Colonial of at least a couple people, which Jordan, uh, has done, done some sporadic teaching here as well. One of our pastors, uh, but I, I'm making this up in the moment. I've thought about this uh, for sure some. I think if we had a three-person rotation uh, where as the primary teacher and as the primary vision caster, I would, I would be doing uh, more of the teaching than not. But um, I would like to see a younger gifted person like you, Tanner, develop. I'd like to, of course, have someone like Jordan who uh, – really spearheads our discipleship efforts and groups and, and mentor relationships. And, um, and, and by the way, everybody who knows me and Jordan knows we have vastly different styles. And I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's just being able to hear a different voice, mm-hmm. you know, um, I bring up RJ, you know, almost every other podcast, RJ was on a teaching team with me in Colorado and he is a professor. He is an academic he taught on the college level for a long time. He's a, he's a biblical scholar, I would call him. And we were on a teaching team, and oh my goodness, we couldn't have been more different, you know? And my, it was humbling. My wife would be like, oh, RJ's teaching sweet. <laughs> and yes. I was like, hey. <laughs> but, but he brought a different approach, you know? You, don't want, you probably don't want professor every week, yeah. um, that, unless you want to go to school, you know? But it's kind of nice to have, they, they called me uh, easy listening. We had like radio DJ <laughs> uh, terms. Um, our young youth pastor who was super fiery, he was rock and roll. And then they called RJ the professor, you know, and we just yeah. had very different styles. So, <laughs> so part of this Tanner, I, I haven't even said this to you since yesterday. I know I gave you a, a big high five and I, I trust you could see it in my eyes how proud I was and yeah. pleased with your, your preparation, your hard work. Uh, so comfortable in that role, which I think just is a gift from God that you've been on stage a lot and led people in different contexts already. You're not public speaking is so many people's greatest fear (laughs) and we couldn't tell your heart was racing. You know, you're very Mm -hmm. comfortable, but I'll say right here for the first time, man, I, I want to see you do more of that. I want to, I want to see you continue to grow in your knowledge base and, your ability to use the different tools we we lean into resources and just get some reps under you um i think i think like a lot of 
skills in life, you got to have reps, you know, um, before you really get into a groove. And so hold me to that. I'm saying that out loud in the podcast. I'd like to talk about what does it look like for you to do all the other things that you're called to and somehow have some, some margin to, to teach from time to time. I think that's a gift plus to have a 29 year old voice, you know, God forbid we just, my, my kids once a month are like, dad, you can't say that. That's, that's not cool. Dad. <laughs> I'm not sure how much cooler than that. But well, you gotta be cooler whatever. than me. Come on. The bar's not that high. <laughs> Tanner, what would you say your heart rate was on oh, the dude, first no, no. service starting off? How, how was your yeah, heart rate? I, I, you know, I, I got a lot of, you know, there's like our elders kind of knew that that was, this was coming and, a few of our key leaders kind of knew that I was going to be preaching. And so they're like, oh, well, this is, you do this all the time. And I, I can't, I, I, I thank them for their their encouragement, their confidence. for their, their confidence, confidence in you. Yeah, but yeah. it's not the same oh, thing. Oh, it's not at all. Um, so I got up there the first service, and to be honest with you, internally I was a dumpster fire, man. Like, it's <laughs> like I'm like, I don't know how to do it. Uh, just just go with it. You have to trust that you did all the hard work. That's why the preparation is so important because I was watching back and I'm like, I have no I don't remember saying any of that. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't remember that. Um so yeah, my heart was racing, but it was fun to be able to um stretch myself a little bit. Um, you know, even from the writing process, trying to write a a teaching, write yeah. a, you know, quote sermon if you know, you know, if you will. But um I had a lot of good kind of um, leadership ahead of time and uh, giving me plenty of resources to go to. And, you know, and I even told, I think I even, I don't, I didn't say it in the first service, but in the second service, I told everybody, I was like, look, I had to YouTube how to pronounce this word, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I just, I just go, I, I kind of YouTube this word and I watched six or seven different pastors pronounce it. And I just took the uh, most commonly, they're saying it this way. Yeah. So, Ooh. you know. <laughs> I just kind of went with that, and um. but see, I think that's a great example, as as minute as that is, of why you should be entrusted to teach some more, is because first of all, none of us learn more than when we're teaching, yeah, and unapologetically, I want even as a teacher, even as a, ooh, the lead pastor, I want to be someone who's learning with everybody, mm-hmm. and so just because I took Greek in seminary. Guess how much Greek I can speak? Guess how much right. Greek I know? Almost none. Yeah. Like every time I'm I'm looking at the Greek to better understand the scripture, I'm looking at a, a resource. I'm looking at some books on my shelves. Right. I'm going to YouTube, just so you know. Yeah. Just to be transparent. I'm going to YouTube to listen to how that word is pronounced by by Hebrew speaking people or by Greek speaking people. And sometimes they're even different. Like, mm-hmm. and so I have to go, well, I guess I'll say it this way, mm-hmm. knowing that some seminary trained guy in the crowd is going to go, oh, he's saying it wrong. <laughs> but you know what? You just, I think there's something about like, even your frankness, I had to go look this up. You know, yeah. I think that's very winsome. Uh, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I think for every one person in the crowd that expects someone in that position to be the expert and know it all. I think there's a hundred more people going, I just, I just want to learn with you. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, that makes me feel a little more encouraged that you had to look that up too. Cause mm. I don't know how to study the Bible. Sure. I don't know how to re- In fact, I'm convicted from time to time and I don't think we do much about this. I think we need to do a better job of teaching our people 
how to use the resources that are readily available to them. Right. You know, um, there was a day, you know, two, three decades ago where only the, only the, the scholar could, could look up how to read that or mm-hmm. the cultural context. And now with the internet, you know, you got to be careful what your resources sure. are, but I've got access to the best resources, even just online, you know? Right. So, um, if, if, if I can go the other way, we go back, you know, several centuries, nobody had the Bible mm-hmm. except a few priests. Right. And that's what led to the Reformation is like, we got to, thankfully, the, the, the printing press changed everything, of course. But then Luther and others saying, they're telling us what to believe, but we, we need to all be empowered to know what to believe. We just exponentially went forward with that in the last couple decades to, we can all be students of Scripture now, yeah. you know? So I think that's another reason to have a younger voice who's still learning um, in part because, well, first of all, I'm still learning. I mean, you know, but also because to, to say, let's learn together, I think is a great teaching approach. Yeah. I heard you say, I, I enjoyed you going, well, another thing that jumped out to me, another thing that I really yeah. liked, you know, that's just you sharing with us what you're learning. It's not you coming across like, well, of course, you know, in the first century, right. like you're acting like you know it all. <laughs> yeah, I didn't you know. know any, I didn't know any of this going <laughs> into it. I mean, before researching and kind of reading through a lot of that stuff, I didn't know any of that stuff. You know, um, yeah. I, I think that's one of the benefits afforded to maybe a guy like me who's working for a church and doing some of these things. You know, I get to spend some necessary time reading a commentary and researching this pastor saying this different thing or whatever, but. Um, but just like you said, that's all resources that are available to people too. Yeah. You know, they can go get it. They, it's easy to find a commentary on some of these things and read through it and have it unpack. And I mean, that's exactly what I did. I went through and just pulled a commentary. I read three three different commentaries. Chose one that really spoke to me and and uh, that I felt like I resonated with, and began to kind of write from there. And um, the delivery part, you know, I, I wasn't so concerned with the delivery part, to be honest. You know, the hardest part of it was just really all the prep work. Mm-hmm. You worry about saying the right things or the wrong things or whatever. But then I, I just reached a point where I was like, I'm just offering up what I think I'm learning, you know. Yeah. And trusting that, you know, we get uh, got to submit, you know, a, a rough draft of the teaching to, you know, to Lauren and to our elders and solicit feedback. And I think as long as we're open in any any specific area, as long as we're open to receive some conversation, some feedback, an encouragement, or a criticism. Criticism is not to be mean. Criticism causes us to think critically, you know, to to really analyze some of the things that we're doing. So we can live um, in our daily lives and any of the things that we think we know with a have an open-minded attitude and an approachable spirit, I mm. think. That's what you do, and so that's what I that's why I attempted anyway. Yesterday was just to not be the guy who's up here with all the knowledge, but to just be, hey, I'm just one of you guys, and I'm trying to learn, and and uh, this happens to be something that we're studying as a church together. So let's go there together, you know. So hopefully that came across. I think it's very different too in in our celebrity culture, in our uh, you know the world's just gotten smaller. Now we can listen to podcasts, we can watch teachers from other cities, other parts of the world that are brilliant, but they're not our friend, you know, or they're not our, uh, our brother or sister in Christ who lives in the same community dealing with the same, you know, the, the, 
the heat from yesterday and the the thing that happened in town last mm-hmm. week and the and Phasmo's restaurant and you know yeah. and so there's something about there's always now going to be an opportunity to to learn from the best teachers uh, from a distance. I don't think it changes the role of the local pastor. Um, let me back up. Maybe it does change the role of the local pastor only in the sense that man, let's be content to run alongside each other and and lead relationally uh, and let the let let everybody, including ourselves, you know, grab the experts from a distance, you know. Sure. Um, whereas I think, and I'm speculating because I I was young then, but 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have those options, and so. Um, I guess you could order some cassette tapes from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but you were kind of like I I hope my pastor's a good teacher, you know. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, you know, even in like the you see that in the musical world, uh, you know, we didn't have as many, you know, celebrities, you know what I mean? Like you just have such a wide reach now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you were going to try and make it in the in the record world, um, you had to travel and network that way. Now you post a YouTube video and people start to take notice, you know, and you become a celebrity almost overnight from some of those things. I think the same is true for for teachers and, and, and leaders in the church. Like, you know, we can latch on to something because we, we like that person's um, style or the way Ooh. that they, they speak to us or, what you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, we don't know them. Ooh. And... I think that is why I heard I heard a, I heard a, a pastor recently talk about living in obscurity when it comes to like are you the most visible thing and are you content not being the most visible thing because when we strive for some of those things we can undermine what God wants to do Ooh. in our local context and so I think that's what you know I I, I tried I'm trying to do anyway is to show like. I, I may be a little too real with people in certain t- certain times, you know, but Shelby and I really try to open up our home and we don't try to hide things from people. If we're arguing, we argue, you know what I mean? Like I let people see every aspect of what we're going through. And I think that's really important for, I'm not doing it perfect. There's still lots of things that I don't want people to know about me, but um, I think we, I think it's really important for us to see the church move forward is to be able to, I, I think I said it yesterday, I don't know, uh, I meant to if I didn't, but we we celebrate so many times the the the, the scars, you know, the, the healed up wounds that we face. You know, look what God brought me through, which is great, that's awesome, and I don't think we should stop doing that, but what would it look like if we showed people, this is what I'm struggling, this is an open wound, this is something I'm really wrestling with hard mm-hmm. right now. And I think if we as a church could posture ourselves that way, we might invite a little more relatability. Um, people might be willing to struggle with homosexuality in our churches or struggle with racial tension and not know where to go. And um, I don't think we should be afraid of those things. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't. I don't think it's the role of the church to have all the answers. It's the role of the church to point people to Jesus. And um, we got to give opportunities for that to happen. So. Mm-hmm. Well, so to dive into um, what you talked about a little bit, um, we, we got a question. It's actually a two-parter, but uh, so I'm going to ask them as, as kind of separate questions here. But uh, the question says, um, what does it look like in our daily lives to think of the who, quote-unquote, the who before the what? 
in regards to worship before mission, right? So, so give us a little bit of, of what you mean by the who and the what, yeah, um, and, and the worship before mission part. Um, as we as we kind of dive into that, give us some context with that. Um, what does it look like in our daily lives to think of that way? Yeah, well, I think I think that um, uh, kind of similar to what we were just talking about in the world where everybody who has a platform is now deemed as an expert. Um, you can get people who rise to the top before they're actually ready, before they're, I don't know how to say it, maybe vetted, you know, mm. like they haven't put in some of the, some of the practice or the work. Um, even, even in a writing world, you've got people who can all of a sudden have a platform for hundreds and thousands of people to read some of the works, but they don't, they haven't been through the, the kind of process of um, being criticized and, and challenged in some of their thinking before they're all of a sudden open, and so that the aspect of being refined it doesn't hap- doesn't happen. So it comes down to like worship and mission. I think a lot of times it's it's the cart before the horse. Um, you don't know what you don't know, and the only way that you can gain some of that clarity, just like what we saw in Acts thirteen, these guys were talking about, you know, Barnabas and Saul and. Simeon and Menaean and these guys who were all together in this early church in the Antioch, um, these guys were worshiping the Lord. They were focused on the Lord. They, they, they started with that. Everything is, it funnels from our worship of God. And I think we so often have, uh, I don't know if this is the right word, word to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, trusting you guys will come bad at me if it's not. Um, <laughs> We, it's like we've tried to make our churches be activist churches, like we, we're going to tackle a cause, we're going to tackle something, before we gain real clarity on what God, who God is, you know, we, we tend to not focus so much on um, the character, the heart of God, and becoming like that, so then that, so that when we do understand those things, we can clearly hear the voice of God in our lives, and then allow Him to guide us. Um, kind of one of the things that actually Kelly was sharing yesterday as she was leading worship, you know, talking about this control aspect and all that. Another way of kind of putting that is sometimes we run in a direction and then we turn around and go, come on, God, aren't you supposed to come on, come with me? He's like, no, I didn't want to run down that way. You're running and you're trying to get me to come along with you, but it's not your plan. It's mine. So I think this aspect of worship and mission really is the question of whose plan are we trying to achieve? Where where does our ambition get in the way? It's really easy for our ambition to get in our own way if we don't begin with worship of God mm. and allow his voice to clearly guide us, direct us, and lead us onto the mission he has for us. Um, and I believe in our in, in today's culture, I can only speak for today's culture. I didn't live, you know, 50, 60 years ago and, and engage in this way in the church, but in today's culture, I think we are so often going, I, I know this is the right thing to do. I'm going to go, and God's going to bless it. And, and I think sometimes he goes, that's not actually of me. This is just this is your selfish ambition that's mm. running you. Mm. So I think that's what it looks like practically in regards to worship before mission is we just go, whose heart are we chasing after first? Put the first thing first. And then allow our mission, our what, our, our, our purpose, our call to be fueled by the heart of God first. So that's what I mean by that. I, I, think, I think you're right on, Tanner. I, I, I love that you pulled that even out of a couple lines of Acts 13 
it's just a reminder. That's what they, that's what they were living out as they were worshiping and fasting. Then God directed them to do something. Um, I, I think there's something very purposeful about that order. I think it's very much on purpose and we get it backwards all the time. I think it accounts for legalism, you know, just our desire to control and check the boxes. Uh, I think we forget there's nothing we can do to make God love us anymore. <laughs> there's also nothing we can do to make him love us any less. And yet our, our insecurities, our desire for approval, we just jump right into the doing maybe even because we've been taught that by the church. We've been mm. taught to, to check the boxes. We've been taught to do the right things, hoping he'll love us more, hoping he'll be less disappointed with us. And you, you could articulate that as just mission, 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 mm. the doing, the activity. Uh, I like that you said the activist you know, yeah. aspect. I mean, isn't that, isn't that a tough one? Because there's, there's other times we might be convicted. I think the church is just sitting around yeah, absolutely. trying to be holy. Yeah, and we're not doing anything about what we believe, but I think you are speaking to to a lot of the a lot of the time we can be all about the doing, and and forgetting that what did Jesus model for us? You know, he modeled yeah. he he modeled. In fact, I I looked up a couple passages while you're talking. Luke five sixteen. You know, Jesus frequently withdrew to the wilderness and prayed. Yeah, that wasn't mission. No. That was worship, you know. He frequently modeled for the twelve. Okay, we got to stop. Uh, he'd get up early in the morning, you know, to get away and just talk to the Father. He went out to the wilderness for forty days just to be with the Father. Um, Mark six, he said to them, "Come with me privately to an isolated place and rest." Mm. He modeled for us not this exclusively activist, go 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 lifestyle this mission orient, even though we always talk about Jesus was on a mission, Jesus came on a mission. Yeah. He, even the, in the context of the mission he was on, he modeled for us a very relational father centered focus Yeah, that I think I'm, I've only been discovering well into my adulthood, maybe some from some of the mystics I've enjoyed reading over the years. Um, some of the people who have have resisted that activist lifestyle, yeah. uh, the Eugene Petersons of the world. Yeah, um, there's something about that order that I think really matters. I, I found a quote I wanted to share by Oswald Chambers, uh, famous for a devotion that he wrote, and he said, "Beware of anything that competes with loyalty to Jesus. The greatest competitor of devotion to Jesus." is service for him. Mm. And it, at first glance, you're like, what? But service for him is really good. And he calls it a competitor. Wow. The greatest competitor of devotion to Jesus is service for him. And then he says, our primary purpose is not to do something for Christ, but to know him. And, I, and I'm just noticing, he doesn't say, don't do something for Christ. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jesus says, go do a whole lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> but he says, our primary purpose is not to do something for Christ, but to know him. Um, that just speaks, I think, what you were sharing yesterday. It just, I walked away, wor worship before mission. I walked away with, with even thinking of, of being versus doing. Yeah. Um, we're all about activity. How much of us practice solitude? 
Right. You know, uh, we're all about the exterior, and and I, I think we intuitively know, man, I got to work on the interior first. Right. Well, um, and and I think you know, so often we, um, we, man, especially in our culture right now, we we view rest as laziness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it also comes down to your like, what's your foundational belief of worship? Because if you if you really pull apart the text and you see what Jesus was doing and how he was modeling worship of the Father, a lot of it involved rest. A lot of it involved, you know, what we call Sabbath. Um, you know, it's it's funny because we work ourselves to the bone, and when we when we crash, we call it rest. But if anything else in the world crashes, we call it a bad thing. If a car crashes, that's not how it's supposed to stop. You know what I mean? And so um, I do think, like I shared kind of at the end of it, like one of the things I really hear God challenging me on is 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 like renewing a heart of worship but i don't just mean in song you know i mean like i don't carve out enough time to just be with god and 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 recognize that is worship of god yeah you know spending time you want to know what the the biggest disruption to the tactic of the enemy is it's knowing how it's knowing the voice of God, how it sounds. And the only way you do that is by spending time with him. Mm. The reason I know I know when my wife calls that it's her, it's not because my phone says baby doll, you know. Sorry. Uh, Your phone says baby doll? It definitely does. It's not because my phone says <laughs> that. It's because when I answer the phone, I know what her voice sounds like. I spend enough time with her. So it's really hard for someone to convince me that it's that it's it's the voice of my wife, but it, it really it's not. Like, no, I know. <laughs> Same thing with God. That's like, a good analogy, yeah. You spend time with God, it's really hard for the enemy to distort the voice of God in our life, and that's the biggest mm. thwart, I guess, to the tactic of the enemy is to do that, and, and that's worship. That's an aspect of worship that comes from this lifestyle of discipleship. Mm. Um, worship is a, is a natural expression of what's at the center of our lives. That's kind of a working definition I use with our team as we talk about worship, and um, and it comes from a place of being a true disciple. And uh, that's ultimately what fuels a lot of these things. So get away, get some time, you know, um, maybe just even like a clarity of focus. I think I think when we come into worship so many times, we're, we're worshiping with our baggage, which is not a not necessarily a bad thing, but when it begins to shift our foot, when our worship begins to shift from we're bringing our baggage to God, we're bringing our kind of, hardships to God to we're worshiping and we have all these things on our mind only then man that's 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 kind of the mm. that's the needle kind of teetering on the wrong end I think you you got my wheel spinning too in that I feel like a lot of what you talked about is from a worship before mission it's it's uh it's the who of God before the the activity yeah the um I also think in very relational terms, you know, flat out, we have been made clearly from the scripture. We've been made for relationship. Mm. Um, two greatest commandments, Jesus says, love God, love people. It's about relationships. And so if we can really just focus in on, okay, in purely relational terms, what does worship before mission means? It's the who before the what. It's, yeah. it's, it's the Mary and the Martha you know, example right, right, right. of, of Mary's just sitting at his feet and just adoring him and enjoying his presence. And Martha's off, you know, cleaning and getting, she's upset that Mary's sitting around and, and Jesus, 
I I read that passage and I hear Jesus going, "Simmer down, Martha. You got this backwards." You know, yeah. I think if he'd use the words, "You're all about mission. Come come here and worship." You know, yeah. um, so that's the relational aspect. Just and I don't know how many even folks that call themselves Christians go to Colonial. Maybe you're listening now, either because you're not as wired relationally as some. Uh, or maybe that's something you have yet to discover. But I think some people, even who call themselves Christians, haven't still discovered the deep rela- relational invitation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And this worship before mission in that context doesn't make sense or doesn't make True. as much sense. True. You know? I want to shift gears, though. I also have one other way of thinking about this. When you say worship before mission, the linear aspect of that, I think of energy. Like... If I'm going to go do these things for God, if I'm going to, if I'm going to fight for the voiceless that we talked about this past week and, and serve the folks in need and, and model the way Jesus loved, if I'm going to put a towel over my arm and, and, and serve the people around me, if I'm going to be a blessing to the people I work with and go to school with, I have to be fueled up. I have to, I have to do that from a full tank or a mostly full tank. Mm. Like everything else in life, I got to eat the right nutri- nutritious food and get the right sleep so I can go do my work. And I think there's something to, if we're called to, you said this yesterday at some at some point, if we're called to a countercultural life, yeah. if the way of Jesus is not going downstream, I even read somebody say a dead fish can float downstream. That's not hard, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But if we're supposed to swim upstream. If we're, if the way of Jesus is supposed to be radically different and difficult and there's, there's inertia, there's pushback, we have to be alive. We have to be healthy. And that starts with not doing stuff. It starts with worship. It starts with Jesus, you know, pulling back and getting quiet time with the father, solitude, um, prayer, listening. Um, I think that just flies in the face of the way the world defines us by what we do. Yeah. Um, I don't think what, what, who we are should come out of what we do. I just think, I think the linear element of what you're saying is, is true. The, 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 what we do should directly come out of who we are. Yeah. So I, I love that lesson from the scripture that you emphasized worship before mission, worship before mission. Can I shift gears real quick? Uh, I read this quote from John Piper, um, I don't always like the stuff that Piper writes, but man, he makes me think sometimes he's a pastor and a theologian. He's still kicking, isn't he? I know he's getting old. Yeah, I think so. He's got to be 80, right? I don't know. I don't know. He's up there. Um, I want to know what you think about this, Tanner, but Brooke, you can pipe in too. I just, I think of our worship pastor tackling this. He said at one point, this is several years ago, he said, mission is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Mission exists because worship doesn't. And then he says this about, you know, someday. He says, when this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed, he's talking like a pastor here. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, mission will be no more. It is a temporary necessity, but worship lasts forever. Mm. So you said, you talked about, worship before mission yeah i hear piper saying worship only eventually it's going to be worship only because there will be no more people to reach there will be no more 
people to serve. There, now I, I, I have to believe he's speculating in some sense. Who knows what heaven's going to look like? And sure, but if everybody that can be reached has been reached, if life as we know it here and now is no more, he's saying there will be no mission. <laughs> there will be no activity. It will just be relationship. It will just be worshiping the king. And therefore, mission exists now out of necessity. Do um, you have any crazy thoughts about that? It's kind of a it's kind of a boom, blow your mind. Thought. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's um, part of what he says there. It, it's definitely in scripture. You know, like the thing there, there's not going to be activity. You know, it's it is. We worship God. That's what we're going to we're just set in his set at his feet, and we're going to worship him. But I do think uh, when he says mission exists because worship does not, I don't think that's actually incredibly accurate okay why is Um, that i do think i think that it comes down to priority mission i think mission actually is part of uh what we're supposed to be doing as the church and i think i think we could read that some of us could read that and hear what he's saying and take it maybe out of context i don't know exactly what context he was in when he's saying that i don't know what topic or problem he was trying to address whatever but I think we can read that as permission to not do some things. Mm, that's always to dangerous. just be yeah. saturated, like I yeah. used yesterday, to yeah. just be saturated and people be and sent. miss the part of being sent. That's well put. We are supposed to be sent people. Like our ultimate goal but I don't think of he's our saying life that, here. I don't think he's saying that now though. I think he is I think I think he would agree. I think I think if John Piper was sitting here, which would be really weird <laughs> if he was sitting here. But i I think he would say, No, no, I totally agree with you, Tanner. Right now that is true. I'm saying that eventually it won't be true. Because there will be no one for us to... I, th- I think maybe he's talking... When he says mission, he's talking about evangelism. He's talking about maybe, maybe. sharing the gospel with people who don't know Jesus. Well, if what we were talking about yesterday is really all about like evangelism. Like it, all in Acts, Acts 13 was... Sure. It was about going and... Uh, sharing the good news. Sharing the good news. Te- preaching the gospel. That's what it was about. You know what I mean? It wasn't go fix this thing for somebody or meet that need for somebody or whatever. It was just about preaching the word and getting that out there. But I, I agree that, yeah, probably at the end of this, it's, it's, we're not going to have mission available. So I guess my kind of, sorry if I ca- took us on a bunny trail. No, I like it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Rabbit trail. Bunny my trail. kind of thing is what's the purpose of saying <laughs> it then? Like what's the, what's the purpose of, what's the purpose behind making that point known here if we recognize the fact that right now, what we currently have until the end of our, what he say, the end of the age, yeah, until the end of all that, uh, if that, if our, if our job is to worship and to provide mission, right, and to be sent people, what's the point of saying that? I, I, well, that's a fair, fair question, but I do think, giving him the benefit of the doubt of trying to be positive, I think he's saying he's lifting up worship really high. I think he's just that shouldn't surprise us with what we know about Piper's teaching. Mm-hmm. Sure, of, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you know, you know, the chief end of man, as he says often, is to glorify God, enjoy Him forever. It's very relational. It's yes. very worshipful. It's not missions. No, minded. it's not. So I think he's. I think. I think that's just his way of elevating worship. Which again, that's why I would say, that's why I kind of started with. I don't know the context or the issue that he's trying to. But you know what? In fairness, you, you kind of did that yesterday. And you didn't say mission doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah. In fact, Acts screams mission matters. Yes, it does. You just lifted up worship high. You said worship before mission. Yes. 
I think that's fair. Yeah, right? I think it's a call. You know, if you if you can read it, it depends on what your perspective is, right? Like, if you read it, if you read it from a place of uh, mission, 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 we've got to do some stuff, you know, and you tend to miss what we've been talking about. Like, you get mission. You get even even if you want to just talk about practicality. You get energy for mission from a place of worship. Mm-hmm. You can't just go start with you can't just go start with mission. You have to begin somewhere. Yeah, and um, I think if you if you think about it that way, then fine, it makes great sense that uh, we're just elevating worship to the uh, to the to the extent that it should be because that is what's going to be the constant. Uh, but I think you know I did elevate worship yesterday in the conversation that I had. I didn't want to deter from the fact that we have some stuff we got to do. Um, I think it's it's both. Like it's 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 both worship and mission. Um, they may not be in hand in hand, you know. Um, like maybe discipleship and worship is hand in hand, but one definitely fuels the other mm. because we do have something we need to achieve. So it's I don't I wouldn't say that what he says is off base or any of that stuff. I just think. It depends on your perspective. It depends on your point of view and what kind of what what's happening inside of you as you read that. Because it might hit you one way and it might hit you the other way, which is always the hey, case. Don't backtrack. You say. Don't backtrack. I say we I'm get John Piper and Tanner Hodges in a ring. See what happens. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think I people would pay money for that. Frankly. I'm not sure that anybody cares what I have to say when it comes to John Piper. So. <laughs> or me. <either. laughs> no, that's 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 well put. Um, I I think. I think before is different than higher than or more only one's important. The other one's not yeah. It's before it's, it's an order of things. Yeah. I, w- I would agree right? when he says that mission is a, is kind of a temporary necessity. Um, yeah. I mean, well, case we're in all point, working towards it. Case in know? point. Uh, in fact, I just had this, I just had this thought. Oh, go okay. back to Genesis one and two. Adam and Eve in the garden. Everything is good. Yeah. There is no sin. Was there worship? Was their mission, right? I guess it only depends on how you define mission. If if mission <laughs> is is dominion, mission is right. is working. There was work in the garden. There was work, yeah. But there was no mission in sharing the gospel with lost people. There was no yeah. trying to reconcile people to each other and to God. Sure. There was only worship, and you could even argue the work that you might sure. call mission was actually their way of worshiping. So, in that regard, in the beginning, there was. Arguably, no evangelistic mission. There was only worship. In the end, there will be no evangelistic mission, only worship. We are squarely now in a fallen world where God wants us to be very purposeful, to share the good news of Jesus with people, to to love and serve people like he does and reveal his heart for them. But all that has to be fueled by what I heard you teach yesterday, intimate connection with him. Uh, We have to be grounded in who we are in his eyes before we go get busy. Yes. Is that is that yeah. a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. Brooke yeah. was shaking his head vehemently at me. <laughs> <laughs> is that so? Okay. No, I mean the only th- the only thing I would I would um I mean being the first time I've ever heard that that quote. Um I mean I've I've heard Piper talk about some of the things and you know the, the the chief end of man is to is to worship God and the supremacy of God and those kinds of things that he is he is big on um the uh it's it's it almost seemed to contradict itself when i when i heard what you just read that 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 mission only exists because there's a lack of worship 
and then at the end saying that mission is necessary now because of where we are. I was like, well, it doesn't change because we're here. We are here. It doesn't, it doesn't matter why we're here. Go back to Adam and Eve. It doesn't matter now. The fact is we're here. And so you can't, and, and to me, I, I don't, I don't, uh, it, it seems like a struggle to say, well, it sounds like he's saying because we're not worshiping, therefore we have mission instead. And so we've replaced worshiping God with the mission instead. I think there are right. cases of that, yes. But, yes. But what he said sounds like, well, we only have mission because we didn't we, because we didn't worship, which leads me down the road of saying, well, if all we do is worship, are we going to get to that mission part that the New Testament is all about? Yeah. Well, I, I would say, go ahead. No, you go. Okay, I would say that um, <clears throat> it, it it does it does maybe if you follow this train of thought, it does uh, follow that um, mission exists now because the true act of worship. Um, wasn't present when the decision was made to eat of the fruit and to do all the, that's not an act of worship to God. That was an act of um, buying into the enemy's deceit. You know what I mean? So you could argue that worship wasn't happening. Therefore the fall of man happened. And then now we're in the instance that we are now. So I would say like, if you, if you say that uh, mission exists because true worship did not that might be pretty accurate right i don't know if it's you know mission exists because worship is not present i don't know if that's accurate because i do think you know while it may not be you know the large community at, uh you know of the church, all the church body and all that stuff doing that but i think there are there is aspects of true worship that's happening um and I, it's hard to say. It's hard to say that when Jesus says "go and make disciples," that you can just dismiss mission that way. I do think the work of mission is to get people to worship God, like mm-hmm. to bring people back to our original intent, which was to, which was exist to glorify and to worship God. So yeah, like mission exists because there's a lot of us out there that aren't worshiping God. You know. Sure. It's, that that's a response to the gospel is to come into that life and to begin to worship the Lord. Like so, well, and I think if you go back to what you said a minute ago about context, I don't know what context he's talking about. Yeah. You know, we're we're taking this this quote and saying this is what I think about that quote. Well, I don't know what the you know what was before that, what was after that. So yeah, I, I agree. I think that when you when you look at Adam and Eve, yes, a lack of 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 worship or rebellion or whatever has caused this. Uh, this world that we're now in, that you talk about the before and the after of of just being worship, and now we're in this middle part. Um, yeah. And but if your context is just taking this quote and applying it to us right now, you know the they're just just worship means that we're you know does that negate the the mission? Is right. that well, is that where we are right now? I would take us back even like there's a uh there's a picture of me teaching and and the there's a quote on there that says worship before mission that we've shared all over our mm-hmm. Facebook page and Instagram and all that stuff, social media stuff. If somebody who has no idea what context we're talking about up here just reads worship before mission, they, it's easy to take that into consideration that oh he's just saying that we sh- we shouldn't be focused on mission which is not actually what I was saying, but somebody could take it that way. So 
benefit of the doubt, all kind of grace given to like whatever that statement is. I don't disagree fully with that statement. I think there's aspects I, w- I have questions. What 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 did you mean by this? What what fueled that conversation? Mm-hmm. What I'm I'm positive that was just maybe that was something that was pulled out of a conversation he was having or something. But can I can I state my uh, my I'm so simplistic. I, th- I think at one point I said I was such a simpleton, and that is very different. <laughs> That's like uh, not all there, but um, I'm very simplistic in my thinking, and I am in denial that one can connect with Jesus relationally, to use the words of, of romance, fall in love with Jesus, surrender a life to Jesus, uh, strive to connect with him personally, to worship just to a significant degree over a long period of time and never move into mission. I just, I'm in denial that that's even possible no, because, because, I mean, granted, we're sinners and we can resist, but if I get close to Jesus, if I spend time with Jesus, back to your point, if I learn to hear his voice, you think I'm not going to hear him more and more and maybe even more loudly and maybe even more forcefully because I'm resisting. I want you to go do this. I want you to I want you to go make this difference. I want you to stand in the gap for so-and-so. I want you to give your life to these people. There's no way that mission can't follow versus I think you can throw yourself into a cause. You can right. throw yourself into activity and, and case in point, look around us and never know Jesus. Right. You know, and, and then wonder why you, you're not sleeping and wonder why you're, you're so, you know, broken and, or burned out or whatever. You're not re- being refueled. You're mm-hmm. not, and so not being empowered by something supernatural. Yeah. So to keep it simple, I just, I think if we really lean in to relationship with him, the who, back to the who and the what. Yeah. The what is going to come. Like, there's no way it's not going to come. Yeah. Um, I think we go back to Kelly's second part of our question, if mm-hmm. I can make that shift. She says, you know, the words we use a lot here from our first radical minimum is, what are you saying to me, God, and what do I need to do about it? And she's, if I understand it right, she's saying, how can we reframe that question in a worship before mission context? Um First of all, I, I don't think she's implying that, that our, our radical minimum is off base because I, I think she's even recognizing you're saying, number one, what are you, the person of God, the who, saying to me? And then number two, what do you want me to do, the doing, that, the mission aspect about it, number one? There's, there's even an order to it. We have one and two, you know? Um, I'm curious how you guys would reframe that question Maybe even some kind of short, sticky, memorable statement. I mean, I think worship before mission, in in the context of everything we were talking about, makes sense. But but what's another way of saying this? To 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 reframe that, like she's asking. Well, I I, I think that um, to reframe it in the context of like worship before mission, I I I, I really think <laughs> to be fair. Uh, the, the asking the question, what are you saying to me, uh, has a little more to do with um, going to God to receive something rather than going to God because he is something. 
So, again, it's kind of like the the who as opposed to the what. Um, the closer you get to God, uh, the more um, a lifestyle of Jesus comes out. And so... Like I think of, I think of um, God. What are you saying to me today, and what do you want me to do with what you say? That comes in like the idea of like application. Um, that that is that is starting every day with with looking up and saying, okay, mm. I'm re- I'm I'm your vessel. You know what I mean? Like I'm your. What is it that you want want from me? And I, I and I'll do that. You know, help me execute that. Mm. But when it comes to worship and mission, it's really more like about our identity. It's really more about um, going to God to to better understand ourselves. Even um, it's it is a little less about what do you want me to do or what what do you have that you want to say to me? Because the pursuit of worship is not so that God would say something to you. The pursuit of worship pursuit of him is, a is because of Him. It's because yeah. of who He is. Yeah, that's true. So I guess that Ooh. is the 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 contextual shift, the framework I guess that might change when it comes to worship before mission versus, um, you know, the the what do you want to say to me today? Because the what do you want to say to me today is still sort of centered on us. Like it's still sort of a question of we want to be people who are moved by you. Um, the worship aspect is the is the. Um, you know, who is God? And I want to chase after the character of the heart of God. Um, and then the mission of that, the mission, the things that we do may not be the specific call. Like it may not be like you've, you've spent some time worshiping me, me, me worshiping me. And now I'm going to just say, um, go do this thing. It may just be you take on more of God's character in your own life. And that ends up causing you to do, certain things differently than you would have. Uh, like, like you kind of were mentioning a minute ago, it, it is inconceivable that you could get close to Jesus, that you could know Jesus, the person of Jesus and not begin to live like him. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's again, go back to the definition I've kind of offered for worship is it's the natural expression of what's at the center of your life. And so if what is at the center of your life is the character and the person, the heart of God, then things of God start to come out of your life. So that becomes the mission, which again leads us to there's work to be done right where you are. I have given you influence. I have given you relationship with those around you. Uh, You have been given a voice to these people. In a, in a way that if you go to a new place, you don't have, you know what I mean? I, I can imagine how much more difficult would it have been for Barnabas and Saul in this context to go to Cyprus without any sort of context for what the place looks like or what the place is thinking and what the vibe of the room is, you know, so to speak. Uh, how much more difficult, which is why I kind of even put the challenge of like, more often than not, like it's starting with people who are, willing to hear, ready to receive what you might have to say. It's significantly easier to have a conversation uh, with a person who's ready for the conversation you're about to have. And that's the work of the Spirit going ahead of us. 
It's the work of God calling people to himself and all those things. I think that's where the mission aspect comes from. This, this worship is, it is a bringing together a knitting together of the different works that God is putting into play, both in your worship of him. And then also in the work of him calling others to himself so that when you are placed in the position where the things of God starts to come out of you, people are receptive and respond and that's mission. You know, that may be, that's just um, a very scattered maybe thought process on that question. Great question. I think it's something we should be wrestling with. Um, but that's where my mind kind of goes. You know, for it. a guy with no voice, he's got a lot to say, Brooke. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was going to say that was quite a sticky statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you can remember that and regurgitate Write that all over my mirror. <laughs> I, I don't know if we probably don't have time. In fact, you should just give me a, you should cut me off if we don't, but. I, I, my brain goes to uh, something I heard practicing the presence of, of God. Uh, Brother Lawrence is famous for being, ironically, completely obscure. Back to your, your mentor that talked about obscurity. Um, he was a monk. He, I forgot what century, but it's several centuries back. He lived in obscurity. He was a nobody. He embraced the lifestyle of a monk. But he wrote some things that we still have. It's a little hard to read because it's so dated, but I had to read it in seminary. And he speaks specifically to practicing the presence of God. And so he talked about washing dishes for hours and learning to experience God while he washed dishes. And you could call that a mindset. <laughs> uh, regardless, it's, it's intentionality. It's, it's how do I look for beauty? in creation around me? How do I notice people around me, including the, the harder to love or the, the ones on the margins and, and remind myself, even those moments, the way God sees them to me, that's even worship. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, again, you could argue it's a mindset mm -hmm. much less the more blatant. I'm going to pull away and be by myself and open up my Bible and my journal. Um, but it's even in the, the going, even in the doing, that we practice the presence of God. It's, you know, I've heard the term, uh, you know, performing for the audience of one. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to do my job today. I'm going to go to class today. And as I'm just going to at least sporadically intentionally say, how do I please you? How, how do I, how do I honor you with the way I want to do my math right now? It's so weird to say out loud, you know, how do I, am I going to honor you with the way I clean this mess? Um, I, th I think that's tied to this whole conversation of worship yeah. before mission. It's, 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 it's doing out of that place of being uh, and connecting with him, which to some people listening may sound so weird yeah. and downright, you know, mystical, <laughs> but it fascinates me because we're just so wrapped up with what do you do? What do you do? Hey, well, Hey, good to me. What do you do? Because mm -hmm. that's what, how we define ourselves mm -hmm. instead of ultimately who we are in Christ. Yeah. Um, I think it's a lifelong battle for us yeah. in that regard. Well, uh, we do have to wrap it up um, <laughs> <laughs> because at some point we have to stop uh, this conversation. Um, but it, it, so if, if I could just try to sum it all up, it sounds like what we're saying here is that it's not worship or mission, that it's worship before mission, that one is leading yes. to the other, and that without leading to the other, we're choosing one or the other. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. I think that's good. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> we got to pause this conversation because 
Yikes. Um, <laughs> we won't talk about how long it actually is right now. Uh, or the, all of the other things that we could talk about, the things that you didn't get so to. So much more, yeah. There's so much going on in uh, the beginning. Uh, it's also why you get right? to listen to this at 1.5 speed. and That's right. Especially when I'm talking or, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else you guys want to toss in here before we uh, wrap it up? Nope. Yeah. That's good. Good times. Thanks for being with us again, Tanner. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for the hard work that you put into uh, to Sunday. Because um, <laughs> being in the middle of at the movies and the stuff that you and I have been dealing with, and yeah, um, you know, I don't know that there's there's been a ton of time that uh, um, I'm like, hey, sorry, I need to. <laughs> I really kind of need something. Kind of interrupt you. Yeah. I don't know you're doing this. So, um, but thanks for the work that you put into it, and. Um, uh, I think you did a, a decent job. That, Thanks, man. Um, I'll take that to heart. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll have you do it again. And, uh, you did. You did you well, know, man. Maybe, maybe in a couple of years you'll be back right there. That's right. Right there and do it again. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at ColonialChurch.com, or you can download our app, which is always easier. Uh, app and App Store, Google Play Store. Um, we love to hear from you guys. Send us your questions. Thank you for your questions that you guys sent in today. And um, thank you for listening. We'll pick it up again next week.